This is the Patriot Radio News Hour, brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group. For all your gold and silver buying needs, call them at 1-800-951-0592 or log on to allamericangold.com. Broadcast for Friday, August the 26th, 2016. It's the Friday with the Patriot Trading Group, and we welcome you to the show. My name's Homer Lopez, and congratulations, everybody. It's Friday. You made it. Well done. The weekend is upon you. What do we do here, though? The physical delivery of, of gold and silver. Give us a call at 1-800-951-0592. The lovely Sarah's here to answer your call. Answer any questions you have, maybe walk you through your order. Or you can go check us out online at allamericangold.com. Point and click. It's that easy. You can order your products. Check out the news to disturb the comfortable, where we don't tell you what to think, but we certainly give you something to think about. This show is brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group and its CEO and owner. He's the person who puts hours and hours of research to make sure he delivers economics with attitude. Joe, it's Friday, football Friday, Friday Night Lights. You got a, you guys got a game tonight, right? Big game tonight. Yeah, my, my oldest uh, has a, a big, big early season clash tonight. Uh, then my youngest, uh, they have a... Uh, their first regular season game on Saturday, so we'll, you know what, par for the course, we'll spend the weekends at some form of sporting event, but first of all, welcome, this is a rarity, Homer on a Friday, Eric was unable to be here, Uh, believe it or not, he is actually, (laughs) maybe it never is, he's helping somebody move. Um, Must be a good friend. Or family. Yeah, Has yeah. to be a good Fam- friend. Or fam- you fam- don't have help uh, people fam- who aren't good friends. Move. Yeah, it's, it's family. Yeah, or it's drive them to the airport. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I appreciate you filling in. Uh, kudos to my wife. She's done a great job while Wendy has been on vacation. You know, I'm lucky. I got the. She's the best. She takes care of me, uh, allows me to put all of my all of my effort into into doing this show day in and day out and let's let's be honest you're beyond lucky there okay really? yeah, oh my god I, I think you know people say that i may have some mental issues i think she did now nah, you won the lotto with right her. i mean right. <laughs> what was she thinking she's a, number one she's a great cook she's lovely to look at and she's just so nice I know, and I'm so not. You're not. I mean, honestly, I mean, you hit the lotto. I'll just tell you. And now she's over there. You know, just I know her head's getting big. Oh yeah, we're swelling it all. Some kind of special. (laughs) (laughs) So, wow, what a morning it has been. Just you know, for most people, they have no idea that anything's even happened. But Janet Yellen has come and went, and the markets went. Crazy! The Wall Street took off, gold skyrocketed, and then about 20 minutes ago, they both turned around the way gold went. Gold's back to unchanged. The Dow is is down. I don't know, 50, 60 uh, points. Something is amiss. Something is, and I can't put my finger on it, and that has me very, very concerned. For how bad are things really, and and I'm gonna we're gonna get into that here in the next segment, uh, but but Janet Yellen she gave a, a essentially a sentence one sentence to the rate hike thing that they keep talking about, and that sentence 
simply was the data has strengthened over the last several months. Of course, the problem with that statement was the GDP for Q2, the revision came out today, and they revised second quarter GDP even lower. And now they said that the economy in the second quarter only grew at 1.1. Matter of fact, for the first six months of this year, the economic growth in the United States, we didn't even get to a 1. We got to a 0.9 was the total economic growth for the first six months of this year. So I'm not sure the strengthening that she's talking about. Obviously, uh, well, I guess I do, which is they're only talking about jobs, right? They had that horrible number in May, and then they came out with their uh, seasonally adjusted June and July numbers to make everyone feel better. But here's what's a myth, and this is, you know, so far, par for the course, right? That, that little one-sentence thing, par for the course, uh, what she was talking about, everyone knew. It was what the rest of the speech was about. And this is really something where uh, I, I didn't know that this was what she was going to say. And it was very, very telling as to what is really in the underbelly of the financial system, how fragile things are. So when we get back in the next segment, uh, we're going to talk exclusively about what Janet Yellen's speech was really about, which I thought was going to be about rate hikes. Turns out what the speech was really about was we need to get ready for what's coming next. And in the eyes of the head, I guess the head banker in charge, what's coming next is not robust economic growth. And I think this is what had gold take off. And this is why Wall Street took off, because they're like, holy smoke. Right? The Fed's not going to raise rates. They're, they're, they're talking about the, what they're going to do next. And, and I guess, no surprise to me, what they're going to do next is what they've always done. Going to be really... The next 20 minutes are going to be just fascinating. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. Double J in the love on a Friday. Congratulations. You did it. You got to the end of the week. You're just hours away. I know. It's so close. It's margarita time at 5 o'clock. So before we hit the margarita machines, the lunch lady, Janet Yellen, just, I, I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm actually going to give her an attaboy. Kudos to you, Janet Yellen. This is probably the closest I've seen to truth out of the central bank since all of their little plans, essentially going back to when Alan Greenspan said, don't worry. We're going to have the debt paid off by 2010, and everything's going to be wonderful. And, of course, we know how that's worked out. 
So here she was in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Maybe they should move to Jackson Hole because apparently she likes to tell the truth when she's there. And I'm just going to to read to you her comment. The global, now I like that, first of all, the global financial crisis you don't want to just go out and admit, that, hey, listen, the United States calls this financial crisis. It, it, it's not just us. See, it's everybody, right? So therefore, ergo, everything's better. The global financial crisis and great recession that followed posed daunting new challenges for central banks around the world. And I think all of us would agree that yeah, they got a challenge. A challenge, let's face it, this is a crisis that they've created. Let's not forget that. This crisis spurred innovations in the design, implementation, and communication of monetary policy. Now, that, that, sounds, that sounds nice. What that really means is the, well, let me see, the innovation that she was talking about was, boy, how can we create as much debt as possible? Right, all the quantitative easy, negative rates and all this stuff. How they designed it, right? And then, of course, the implementation. This is a global, it's now a global theme, right? All, we got all the central banks working together. And now remember, you've got to add. Add all the things that we already know. Look at what we talked about yesterday and how all the global banks are working on what? They're working on blockchain. How are they doing it? Is J.P. Morgan trying to do it by, by themselves? Is... Deutsche Bank trying to do it by themselves? Is UBS, is City, is Goldman? No, they're all what? Working together. All these central banks are what? Trying to work what? Together to hide. Which really just lets, it, it lets us know that whatever they're going to do, it's going to be a global event. Right? We're not talking about just the death of the dollar. We're talking about the death of money as we know it. And this is really what she's talking about. Innovation? That's a really nice word. Right? Innovation sounds good, doesn't it? Doesn't innovation sound When people are innovative, that usually means that's a good thing. Like synergy. Right? All of, yeah, synergies and all, all these, these, these are good buzzwords. But you have to understand what they think is good and what you think is good are two different things. She says that the United States economy, remember now, not even a 1% GDP, is now nearing the Federal Reserve's goals of maximum employment and price stability. Now I want you to think about what she just said in that sentence. 
this is the best we can do in employment. That's what, what does maximum mean? Can't get anymore. Right, that's the max. This is the, this is it. This is the best. And I think a lot of you out there listening are going, what in the world could she possibly be talking about? But yet, here it is. Price stability. And, and I guess that's true if you don't have to pay rent, if you don't have to buy a home, if, you don't, if, you're, if you're breaking the law by not having health insurance, then I guess that's true. Right? I guess there's price stability if you don't count all the things you actually need to have. Right? If you don't have to buy a car, if you don't have to buy a home, if you don't have to pay rent, and if you break the law and don't have health insurance, then I guess there's price stability. And it says that this conference that they had there in Wyoming provides a timely opportunity to consider how the lessons that we've learned are likely to influence the conduct of monetary policy in the future. And that's what got me excited. She's going to talk about what's coming next. And now this is where I thought we were going to get the great rate hike speech. But instead, we got something totally different. And what they said was the, the, the Federal Reserve and what she said they wanted to focus on today will be the policy tools, right? They always talk about this tool chest, right? Essentially, what she's talking about is the tools that essentially rob all of us. Because anytime the Federal Reserve talks about tools, what are they really talking about? Uh, bringing rates to zero, negative rates, quantitative easing, operation twist and twist again, manipulation of the bond market. All of those things designed to ensure that you and I have to be extremely risky to try to generate any type of return. And she said, so the monetary, the policy tools that are needed to ensure that we have the resilient monetary policy framework. In other words, resilient monetary policy means, hey, when the next bad thing happens, what are we going to do? Right? How are we going to make sure everyone remains calm? I will focus on whether our existing tools are adequate to respond to future economic downturns. And I was, I was like, what? What? Wait a minute. We've just reached maximum employment. We've got price stability. Why are we now going to worry about the next economic downturn? Because she already knows. They already know. This is why I've been saying all year long, haven't I been saying we need to prepare for what's coming next? And it's not a bunch of rate hikes. As I will argue, one lesson from the financial crisis is that our pre-crisis, 
our pre-crisis toolkit was inadequate. <laughs> okay, so what does that mean? Hey, uh, essentially what we found out is we were so bad at monetary policy, we had to give the, the entire American public the big uh, proverbial F.U., when it came to your money. That w- that's what she means when she says her toolkit was inadequate. We fix- Don't worry, we bail out our friends. We bail out bankers, but our toolkit was inadequate, so therefore, ergo, we got to stick it to you. To address the range of economic circumstances that we are facing, looking ahead, we will likely need to retain many of the monetary policy tools that we that we developed to promote recovery from the crisis. <laughs> In other words, hey, by the way, I'm still giving you the bird, and we're going to keep giving it to you. But she's not done. She's not done. In addition to us continually giving the Americans the bird, policymakers inside and outside the Fed, hmm, I didn't know that the Fed had outside policymakers. Homer, did you know this? I did not I, I thought they were the ones that made policy. Of course, we know different. Of course, who's she talking about? Who are these outside policymakers? Right? Well, that's, that, I guess that's for a different show. But yet, here it is. In, in addition to policymakers inside and outside the Fed, we may wish at some point to consider additional options to secure a strong and resilient economy. Guess what, folks? Get ready. Additional options. Hmm. I wonder what those could be. You think it's going to be, hey, anybody over the age of 65 automatically gets uh, 7, 8, 9% on treasury bills like they used to? No. You think that's going to happen? You think she's going to reward all of you that have worked so hard to actually save money? But before I turn to these long-run issues, I would like to offer a few remarks on the near-term outlook for the economy and potential implications for monetary policy. This is where she came out with her, the economy continues to expand. Now, now let's face it, that's really a a misnomer, right? Because GDP now for the last year is well below 2%. The last, really, for the last three quarters, you've got economic growth of less than 1%. Historically, this would be times where the Fed would be lowering rates. Of course, they talk about how great the employment. Never in the history of economic data have we hit maximum employment and had a GDP of less than 1%. But yet here we sit. says that it has expanded. They said that their solid household spending, 
And, of course, I just told you what that was. We know what it is. I guess that's the one thing they should probably thank Obama. And, and of course, all the people that voted for Obamacare, because that's really where all the money's going. Right? I mean, all of these rate hike premiums that are destroying every, all these absorbent and COVID, heaven forbid you needed an EpiPen. Right? This is where it's all going. It says that business investment, that's really, when you talk about what drives growth, isn't it business investment? Isn't that the driver? Has been non-existent, remained soft and subdued. Foreign demand is the same. Appreciation of the dollar since mid-2014 continues to restrain exports. Listen, the dollar hasn't gone anywhere. It's in the mid-90s. Hasn't gone anywhere. Of course, but this is what, I guess this is her admitting. That really, it's the race to the bottom, and, and we're, 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 our currency is just too strong. So we got to get we gotta get ready for what's next. Patriot Radio News Hour, we'll be back after the break. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Eagle Forum, dedicated to keeping you informed and helping win the battle against forces that would deny freedom of religion, redefine the family, and mock traditional values. Now, here's the founder of Eagle Forum, Phyllis Schlafly. In June, Eagle Forum hosted our annual Collegian Summit, where college students come from all over the country to learn how to become the future leaders of the conservative movement. They also learn some of the processes of government and how conservative leaders have outmaneuvered the liberals in Washington. Representative Jim Bridstein of Oklahoma spoke about how he and several other conservatives in the House fought to defund one of President Obama's unconstitutional executive orders that violated religious freedom. He told how the Democrats repeatedly tried to force Republicans to fund the president's unconstitutional order through poison pill legislation. When the GOP establishment refused to stop the liberals, Representative Bridstein and other conservatives had to find another way to protect religious liberty. They chose to kill the bills the Democrats tainted rather than to allow the liberals in both parties to get away with their shenanigans. Later, Senator James Langford, also of Oklahoma, talked about how the Senate forces debate to slow down the process. He explained how the rules sometimes work against good bills. As an example, he mentioned the Keystone Pipeline Bill, which was shut down by the Democrat majority in the Senate. Senator Lankford also mentioned some of the benefits of the Senate rules. He discussed how the Senate's requirement for three-fifths majorities protects the minority party from being bulldozed by a simple majority. He also warned of the dangers of omnibus bills and how they flim-flam taxpayers before they can even know what the bill says. After Eagle Forum Collegiate Summit, our young conservatives left with a better understanding of how Congress really works. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Eagle Forum. Students, next time you're online, check out eagleforum.org. 
and discover that there are other students like you who don't bow to the politically correct left-wing agenda on their campus. Hear about rallies, resources, and the annual Eagle Forum Collegians Summit in Washington. Log on to eagleforum.org. Then join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. I'm getting a little long-winded, so I'm going to try to speed it up here, so I want to get to, to what comes next. So right now, in the beginning part of her speech, she talks about, hey, you know, things are... Household spending's good, right? Which we all know, we know the reasons why. That's why everything else stinks, right? That's why retail stinks. That's why restaurant sales stink, right? And all this other stuff because it's it's healthcare, it's rent. Uh, if you have to buy a car, if you have to buy a home, all of these things way out of control. But there's no inflation, so so don't worry. Well, economic growth has not been rapid. It has been sufficient to generate further improvement in this labor market. This was this is the best. Smoothing through the monetary ups and downs. Job gains have averaged 190,000 for the past three months. <laughs> I thought she was going to be like the past year, right? No. Well, we, we kind of made up two big months with seasonal adjustments, so we're going to give you that snapshot. How's that? By the way, and this is why you guys love to do business with me and love to listen to this show, do you happen to know, if we're going to just take these three-month snippets, She's talking about May, June, July. Do you happen to know what the job growth was in May, June, and July of last year? How about the year before that? Or the year before that? This 190, which sounds like a lot, doesn't it? It sounds like a lot. Sounds like a lot. That's the worst number in years for that three months. In years. Matter of fact, it's 50,000 jobs a month less than last year. And yet, the media and Janet Yellen would love you to believe that that's a great number. And then when you add in the other, you know, you, you go back and you add in another six months to that number, it goes way down. But anyway, this is why I said that this is the pull the wool over everybody's eyes routine says that although the unemployment rate has remained near 5%, we feel an inflation near 2 we think that, you know, hey, in the coming years, we think inflation may be able to get to where we want it to be. And that was, that was her whole little deal. Maybe we'll raise rates. We don't know. We're going to be data dependent, blah, blah, blah. The economic outlook, she said, is uncertain. Well, I guess that's probably... Another one of those truthful statements. Monetary policy is not a preset course. In other words, we don't know how to predict what's coming. We used to pretend that we did. Now, I don't know. We don't know. We're not sure. Our ability to predict the federal funds funds rate will evolve over time is quite limited because the monetary policy, we will need to respond to whatever disturbances 
that may occur in the economy. Hmm. Doesn't sound like economic growth to me. Sounds like they're worried about what? Something bad? A slowdown? A fear of the unknown. A fear of the, yeah, that the unknown really, when we look into the crystal ball, we really think it's more towards the downside than the upside. Talking about how limited they really are. In addition, the level of short-term interest rates and the dual mandates varies over time. And, 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 and Janet Yellen then went on to talk about the financial crisis and the tool quit, tool, uh, the toolkit being inadequate. And, and then she went on to say, and, the, and here's where it got interesting. When she started talking about the expanded toolkit, one of the things that she expressed, and she actually put a number on it, that the next downturn could see them inject another $2 trillion worth of quantitative easing. That the Federal Reserve said that Janet, or Janet Yellen was talking about how the fact that, oh, by the way, and if that's not enough, we're going to expand the toolkit even more. So here was this emergency, right? This emergency financial crisis. That was the reason why they had to get all of that quantitative easy. Now Janet Yellen today has set the stage. Hey, the second there's even a hint of a problem. That's the first card we're going to play. And they are going to blow this thing sky high. This is one of the things that has convinced me. I'm so glad that I do this for a living. They have no intention, none, of actually using sound money and a strong dollar and instead, what they are going to do is to continue to attack your wealth. That's what that means. We need to devalue, and we will print, and we will run the printing presses, and we'll buy up everything. We'll give the illusion of prosperity while we're destroying the value of your wealth. So apparently now... Any type of a recession means $2 trillion. <laughs> right? Uh-oh, it's a long one. You better make it four. Oh, wait, four's not enough. How about eight? And you start to see what's real and what isn't. There's a reason why they're in it together. Why do we care about the Bank of Japan? Why do we care about the European Central Bank? Why do we care about the tech? Why? And the answer is simple. It's because we spread that debt all over the world. Why did we want to go into China? Why did we want to get rid of all of those jobs? Don't be fooled. That's what the bankers wanted. They wanted to give them all credit cards and auto loans and mortgages. Right, and the fact that what we well, you know what, Japan's broke now. We need somebody else to buy all this debt. <laughs> I mean, that's what the Chinese did. 
Right? They were the largest holder of U.S. debt. What did we have to give up to give it to them? It was just a trade. Don't be fooled. Right? They went out and they lied to all of us about NAFTA and GATT because they needed the Chinese to buy the debt. And guess what? When they we couldn't find any more people to buy it, guess who started buying it? The central banks themselves. Which is the definition of what? Pure lunacy and a, a Ponzi scheme of epic proportions. Would you ran out of suckers to buy? Right? Cause what, how does Ponzi schemes work? Uh, you get one friend to come in, and then he gets get one friend, friend right? and, and, and then he and gets it, two friends. And then and you it, pay off the first guy, and you got to keep getting more friends. And then once you run out of friends, it blows up. It was so good, I told two friends about it. And they told two friends. And so on, and so on, and so on. If I tell two friends, then you tell two friends. So as the the... The beginning of the end. I mean, this is how it died. This is actually really, when you think about it, this is a natural process. Right? We've seen it, I mean, throughout history all over the world. This is just what they do. They can't help it. Right? They they overspend. They create all this debt. They give you the illusion of prosperity. And then it collapses. And then you get the Weimar Republic. Right, but this time, right, as they advance their toolkit, they're just going to whack you electronically. That's all. But it's no different. They talked about from 1965 to 2000, and I like that time frame. Right, 70, you know me, I'm a big 71 guy. So 65 to 2000. Do you know what the average funds rate was for that 35-year period? And this is what I'm telling you, how they've been robbing us and giving us the finger. 7% was the average. Could you imagine right now, here you sit, you, you worked really hard, you did what they told you to do, and you got to that, you know, they... They, they walk around with those numbers on the TV, and it's got $1.456 million. But you're supposed to be able to live off the interest. Right? 7% of a million dollars, 70K. I, I remember when people would talk about winning the lottery and what they'd do with $1 million. $1 million. You know what? I'd probably spend 250 put the rest in the bank, and live off the interest. Right. Right. right? They would right. say that. People would say that all the time. If I won the lotto, I'd just put this. And whether it was 500000 or a million, I'd put it in the bank live and off live the off the interest. Can't be done. Can't be done. Now you get no interest. And oh, by the way, that 70000 that isn't that much money anymore. And so just think about this. They're ripping us off. They're ripping us off. You got a million dollars. The Federal Reserve is ripping you off $70,000 a year. How do you like it? Oh, and by the way, I didn't even talk about the inflation. Then she went on to explain 
that, oh, by the way, maybe if we're lucky, we could get back to 3%. That's now their high forecast, but we're never getting to 3 but then they and then they talked about I say they she then she talked about what does that mean for the next economic downturn because you're supposed to you know the how the how the used to work was oh the economy slowing down we cut rates the economy gets better we raise them back well if the economy gets worse but the rates aren't high enough to actually do any cutting then what and and apparently she had this big handout, a big packet that she, you know, handed out to everybody, and you got to follow along with her. And she talked about, that's when she talked about the $2 trillion. It said, and I'll just read you the line. The constrained, aggressive rules, which she had some illustration, combined... With $2 trillion in asset purchases and guidance that the federal funds rate will depart from the rule by staying lower for longer. And essentially what she's saying there is, hey, not only is it going to be low, we negative. I mean, that's what that means, negative rates. And oh, by the way, and we'll uh, we'll blow up our balance sheet another two trillion dollars. As the blue line shows, see they got charts, people. Right, and as long as the chart says it's okay, it must be okay. Because she says, as the blue dashed line shows, the federal funds rate would fall far below zero. If policy were unconstrained, in other words, we're going to try this constraint thing first, but if that doesn't work, the little blue line says, yeah, it can go well below zero, thereby causing long-term interest rates to fall sharply. But despite the lower bound asset purchase and forward guidance, can push long-term interest rates even lower on average. I mean, this is essentially why gold... I mean, I was sitting there and I, I was like, what's happening? Why did gold just skyrocket this morning? Now I got it. I started, I get it. Listen, here's what she's telling you. Look over here. We're talking about rate hikes. Look over here. See, oh, isn't that pretty? We got jobs. Oh, by the way, here's what's really coming over here. Look at the... You know, on TV, you follow the green line. Apparently, at the Federal Reserve, it's a blue line with dots. This is what you need to prepare for. It's really not that complicated. It really isn't. They want you to think that it is. But it's really not. It's actually very, very simple. We've got a debt problem. We've destroyed the economy because we had a debt problem. I mean, let's not be fooled. We didn't destroy it, you know, just because. We destroyed it because we had a debt problem. Right? And, and let's face it, and, and obviously a little bit, a lot of people 
a very small, I shouldn't say a lot, a very small amount of people were going to make a lot of money. And now that they can't get growth, they're getting ready for what comes next the next time we go into a recession. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. Final segment, Patriot Radio News Hour. And, and like I said, just fascinating. And, and, and I'm going to, I'll talk about this more again on Monday, but just super detailed in what's really going to come next. And, and here's the sad part. When you look at their track record of predicting, right, they've, they've always, always erred on what side, the way too optimistic side. Always, because they think they're brilliant and they're not. So when you look at when Janet Yellen talks about rates could go well below zero, what are we really talking about? When she talks about, well, $2 trillion of quantitative easing, what are we really talking about? And this is why I've, I've told you, I've tried to educate you and get you to understand this is simply a race to the bottom. It's not something to fear. It really isn't. I mean, if you really, you don't even have to be that educated. If you just study some history, you know this is how it's supposed to go. And you get wiped out. Very A, a very small amount of people become super rich. And you start over. So what you all need to ask yourself today is how much do you want to start over with? It's really that simple. The more gold you have, the more silver you have, the more you're going to be able to start over with. That's it. That's all there is. And whether it's, you know, a electronic credit, I forget the fancy term they used yesterday, right? They're all getting ready to settle everything in these electronic coins. The global central banks are all in together now. And and the, the realities are the Federal Reserve, at least for the first time that, that I have seen ever, has now given the outline for what comes next. And what they what she said today was very, very clear. Blow up quantitative easing, get ready for negative rates. Now you're not going to hear that on the TV today. Right? The headline's going to be Fed Fed say rate hike is coming at some point. Right? That's going to be the headline. That's what they're going to want to talk about. Even though the entire speech outside of a, a couple sentences was all about getting ready for what comes next. But you know what? There are some people smarter than I. Uh, gold starting to go back the other direction again right now. It's up another 5 bucks, $1,325. Silver is higher as well, uh, $18.65. 
uh, Wall Street under pressure on the news. But I'll try to get a quick look here. It was down about 100 points a little earlier. Uh, it's coming back as well. So it's only down about 50 points. As more and more people, I think, are reading what I've just explained to you, it's a great time to put some gold away. Call us at 800-951-0592. Everybody take care. Enjoy the rest of the weekend, and we'll talk again on Monday. We'll be right back.